Hello and welcome to another audio podcast from Navisite, which is a great way to catch up on some fresh thinking about some of the big issues facing IT professionals today. Technology leadership, strategy, business change, IT and technology transformation, and lots more. This edition is being recorded at the National Theatre. It's an organisation that really lives by its mantra, Theatre for All. Joining me today to discuss their 100-year archiving vision at the National Theatre are John Chain, Director of IT. Hi, John. Hiya. And George Tunnicliffe, who's Head of IT Operations. Hi, George. Hello. So, George, um, let's start with you. Uh, tr- try and explain to me, if you can, what, what is this 100-year archiving vision? What our requirement is for National Theatre is to save all of our output digitally and in terms of our video, which... Uh, is is a newer expectation as the technologies evolve, rather than necessarily as it was before, um, where a play would just happen and then we'd record something like the the uh, the script and we'd have a, a copy of that in the archive, and maybe the poster. Now we're we're covering the actual output of the play itself. So what we have to do is we have to adapt our IT strategy to cover that and and find a platform for that to happen. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, something like the Natural History Museum. They have to keep everything that they've got, and they struggle with their space, and they build new wings and things like that. Um, and but they have limited space. Or Imperial War Museum build a new building in Duxford, and they, they can put all their stuff there. You know, and that's what we need to do from a digital side of things. We need to find new ways of storing information for long periods of time. So, John, how's it going? Uh, I presume this is this is already started. Well, <clears throat> yes, we have. We have various physical storage systems that we've been using for the last few years. And it's, it was quite quickly obvious how they will just simply run out of space very, very fast. In actual fact, the actual output isn't huge. Like, say, two terabytes per performance. That's the final format, and that's that's probably all we would archive. In the meantime, hundreds of terabytes are created in that process. So we're, we're right at the beginning. I was at a, at a kind of a seminar recently for archiving, and a lot of people are basically saying we, we can't think too far ahead. Right, we, because the technologies will change. That's guaranteed. A hundred years from now, will absolutely not be this system of technology. But what we have to start now is, if you like, the mindset of saying, "What is the plan? How will I, especially, how will I pay for it?" So, in five years' time, ten years' time, when it's when it's all on eight K, you know, the storage is even higher. And the difference, I think, is again, we're with sort of the dividing line in the past. Publicly funded arts organisations were expected to keep their 2D material, right? So scan it in. So first of all, it's been the digitization period of the last, say, 10 years. We have now, everything's pretty much born digital. So we don't have that issue anymore. But we so we've been through the digitization phase. And now we've just got the adding to the archive phase. And for 2D materials, relatively small scale. The, the change in the last five years with the arrival of NT Live for us is that now we're going to have every year 12 new productions at least. And so, therefore, they have to be stored forever, really. And that is the kind of this expectation that the that we now have that we have to have a solution for that. We, we're right at the beginning, and no, we don't have a hundred year solution. What we have to have is a hundred year mentality to say, when I leave, who will take over, and w- when they leave, who will take over. And in the past, I think when somebody new comes in the organisation, there's a chance to refresh and change a bunch of stuff. Okay. And finance data is just lost. After six years, you don't need it anyway, so you can just delete the old databases. This is the one piece that cannot be deleted, 
uh, pretty much, well, forever, right? At some point in the future, 200 years, 300 years, people will say, and, and, and what was that show like? And who was there? And who was that? We can't do that with the original Shakespeare, but we will be able to do with our various productions of Shakespeare. So it, it is really about a mentality of saying, let's put a line in the budget and make an annual idea and refresh that periodically. And, and that must survive me and the next person and the next person. That's the difference, that survivability of the idea that there's data from generation to generation. That's new. And I guess it's not just about storing data, George. It's about accessing that data uh, intelligently. Is that something that you guys have had to give a lot of thought to? Yeah, so we, we, have, to, we have to find systems that um, interact with each other. So the archiving tool that we've already used, so then we had to find a platform that would support that, you know, both ways around. So, so what we've found is um, we can store stuff on Azure storage, on Azure blob storage, and we know uh, that our ArcuRP5 setup can maintain those meta tags and maintain the data so that when we need it back, we've got a simple way of bringing that back to, to an existing process. We don't need to build a new process. We don't need to re-ingest it and do that. So there's a continuity flow of the actual information that's being maintained with the data. And, that, and that's what we need. And what we don't want to do is have any part of our stuff being lost and for digital that really meta tagging and uh, you know having a consistency of systems and john tell, tell me about meta tagging i mean what are the what's the sort of information that you you might for example in this in this uh, you know in the, in the world of theater what are what are the things that well, are, the number are the number of one thing is the rights so rights management is very important and that would for example restrict who who can see it even internally right we do have the an archive department and you have to kind of go there to see our old archives. Now, obviously, we'd like to spread that out, but in actual fact, that still now requires, are you logged in and do you have the rights to, to watch this? Uh, this And in what way can you do that? In front of others? Just alone? In a single room? So rights are an important part. Um, who was in it? The cast? All of the, that kind of stuff. That also has to survive. So that, that and, and that's, again, thinking about migration. So clearly, an archive strategy will involve system to system to system. Over a period of time, we're going to we're going to make an acquisition this year of that front end to contain the metadata. We don't know which system it will be yet, right? There'll be some kind of a back end, but in ten years and ten years and ten years, we need to think about that exit strategy. And how many times have we seen a system upgraded and the migration was so tricky that we decided to abandon the previous version, right? Take forward just a period end or just to carry forward or just the current documents, right? And something was left behind. And again, that is not a good enough approach for archive data for which this who has who has the rights to this show and under what conditions can it be uh, broadcast or even viewed is still true uh, in the future interesting yes and and uh, i guess there are also lots of other related archival information that may be of value to historians researchers yeah you know 100% that that's that is the actually the number one audience is the researcher and that's they, they come to the studio every day and they send in to find out what went on in this time frame and over some time that gets even more interesting because of the richness of this material it's not just there was a show in the 50s and this is who was in it you can now watch it but the other thing is now thinking about retrospectives in the future reusing the material in a broadcast form so again can i do this where can i do this who needs to have royalties when i do uh, all of those things have to come out from this archiving system so in 100 years' time, uh, not only would you need to know all of those uh, legal uh, aspects, 
but you would probably want some of the minutiae as well for researchers. Um, and it, so and it, costume design, correct. Uh, and budgets. That's all, that is actually archived. So there are some physical things that are archived. So there is a physical archive as well. Uh, not everything can be digitised. Many corporations are notoriously lacking in storage of their archival information and history and maybe could learn something from, from you guys um, because in 100 years' time, you know, historians may want to look back at some of what they do. It's, it's an interesting area and a challenging one, um, but one that you guys are enjoying being involved in. Oh, 100%. I mean, just actually to broaden it once slightly, it's not just the archive in terms of, say, a research tool. We're seeing the archive potentially as being a bit of a backup, right? It's it's, it's a it's a copy. It's not just because the other the other area we use is not just um, the broadcast side; it's the on demand in schools. So that's a program we already have, um, and we are spreading that internationally uh, once we get all the rights management sorted out, um, and that allows schools and potentially in the future universities to access again the material uh, on demand. So rather than the the, the broadcast at the time. Uh, go on and see a specific set of texts that are, you know, canonical or, you know, a part of the the, the um, sort of curriculum. So again, 100 years from now or any time in the future, again, that is the whole set at 12 a year to say, right, you know, it's a retrospective on whatever it is at the turn of the century or, or at the turn of the next century. So we now see this as, well, where would you find that? Well, you'll find that in the archive. So the archive moves from being the place where the final resting place of, of data for future historical purposes. And in actual fact, becomes a repository, a source of material to be reused. And if, in actual fact, if you look at you know, the products that we're thinking about buying, that is a key point that they're making is the beauty of digital is it's not a repository for something that someone's going to have to put white gloves on to turn. Right? Instead, it is a working repository of content to reuse for future um, you know, purposes, educational or otherwise. So IT and tech really is absolutely pivotal in this regard, isn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I think that what can be done with this in the future as well is it's massively expandable. You know, there's, there's, we're, we're thinking about just doing film, but if you think about augmented reality and stuff like that, the, the, the opportunities to make this like a living, breathing set of data, so it's no longer data, it's something that people interact with. So, John, just to sort of finish up here, um, you, you obviously have to work pretty closely with the archivists. How receptive are they to new technology? So, so their role is changing, I think. I think the role of an archivist as the last resting place for a piece of content that specialists will access in the future or the organisation just wants to know is safe. And now a future server of information and, and so we see the archive as being uh, moving, especially in the digital age, because now in theory we could put a web page up in which everything was on it, but we can't because of rights. So understanding <clears throat> how to move a future from, uh, or moving from the past where only specialists, only researchers with specific permissions to trying to make the whole of that body of work reusable to the public is a great challenge. And I think that's where archivists are moving, if you like, from, yes, the repository guardian to the repository publisher um, in, in the future. It's a fascinating area to be involved in. Um, so th- anyway, thank you guys uh, for your time. And uh, that wraps up this edition. Goodbye. <laughs>